You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is Dave Holdcamp, and you're listening to Profiles in CRM. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, episode 25. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. Okay, we're back on Profiles, and here's the first question. What is your name, and who do you work for? My name is Dave Holtkamp, and I work as a subcontractor for Los Alamos National Security, LLC, which operates Los Alamos National Laboratory. Awesome, awesome. And I want to talk about that a little more in a second, but let's go on to the second question. Uh, How long have you been working in CRM? I've been working in CRM for about eight years now. Uh, Started out as a field tech with a CRM company affiliated with the University of New Mexico uh, called the Office of Contract Archaeology and, you know, worked with them for a number of years and also worked with the uh, National Park Service and uh, uh, U.S. Forest Service uh, for a few years as well. How, how long have you been working for uh, Los Alamos? For about a year now. I started about last June. Okay. So coming up coming up on a year. Nice, nice. And, and again, these first questions are all sort of set the stage for your experience levels. Um, so what is the position that you usually have when you're working with a CRM firm um, or where you're at now? And what is the highest position you've ever held? Okay, so the, fir- uh, the most frequent position that I've had is as a field tech. Um, I've also had some experience, you know, working with federal agencies like uh, the Forest Service, for example. Um, they had sort of equivalent uh, sort of stages of field techs and crew chiefs and PIs. And so the level that I was at was kind of an in-between uh, field tech and, um, and crew chief sort of level. It was kind of an in-between sort of intern position. And the level that I have right now with Los Alamos um, is sort of at that crew chief level. So we have students under uh, sort of that work with us as well uh, that the subcontractors will work with on various projects when when the students come to uh, work with us. And what states have you worked in total? Oh, uh, the the only state that I've really worked in the majority of is New Mexico. So I've worked you know various projects with. Uh, with those uh, three main employers and then with Los Alamos now. And I think I had one project up in Southern Colorado and I, I, I think that's it. Yeah. The majority of my experience is, uh, is within, uh, is within New Mexico. And, and before we go into the other questions, I, I want to ask real quick, um, you know, how you even became aware of a job at Los Alamos. Cause I'll tell you what, if I was looking for an archeology span job, that's not the first place I would think to look. <laughs> well, so sort of, sort of sort of back up, you know, my story a little bit. I'm actually originally from here. I was born and raised in Los Alamos, ah. um, and lived in, uh, n- you know, uh, New Mexico for the majority of my life. Uh, so I was aware that there was, you know, archaeology in and around the laboratory when I was a kid. You know, we're right next to Bandelier National Monument. Uh, we're right near the Valles Caldera, and the Pajarito Plateau, where that's located, is just chock full of archaeology and cultural resources. So there was there was a knowledge that there was, you know, a program there, but I wasn't aware that you could really get a job doing archaeology at the lab really until I started getting involved uh, in doing CRM uh, about, you know, eight years ago. And even before that, when I was doing my undergrad uh, at UNM in Albuquerque uh, about a decade ago, give or take. Okay. And so how, so how I found out, you know, doing a job over there with the lab was just sort of Word of mouth, contacting folks, kind of seeing uh, what was available, you know, sort of searching around, you know, doing the job hunt, basically casting the net 
And I was fortunate enough to make contact with uh, one of the folks that was there with their uh, cultural resource program and just kind of, you know, was able to apply for the subcontractor job and was able to get my foot in the door. Awesome. Well, whatever works, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what's the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? Oh, I would say the best thing that has happened to me, even only working in one state. I mean, and, and, and hearing a lot of folks, you know, that have their experience of, you know, they work in an entire region or they work in multiple states, you know, throughout the year uh, and seeing all these cool places. Even just working in New Mexico, I've worked in, in just most amazing sites that I could think of. I've worked at Chaco. I've worked at Bandelier. I've worked at Dicos. I've worked, uh, you know, here at the lab. Um, and so, so I, ranging from, you know, a week before, a week before my wedding, actually, I was doing a survey up at a Capulin uh, volcano, which is kind of the northeast corner of the state. And uh, we happened across a uh, Folsom site overlooking the town of Folsom, where the original Folsom site was located. <laughs> wow. So that was, so that was pretty exciting. You know, just, just it's really just amazing. You know, most of the work, you know, is just, you know, you come across a lithic scatter, you come across a, you know, a, a small little rock shelter or something like that. But every now and then you just find these fantastic sites that you never would have expected you'd get the opportunity to be a part of. All right. So the next question is, uh, what is the biggest thing that you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist better? You know, I gave a lot of thought to this one. And I think the one thing that I would change as far as an individual level is encourage folks involved in CRM to expand their understanding of what CRM means. And I'm probably going to take, you know, the, the, the Tom King approach, you know, that you've, that you've, uh, <laughs> you know, ha had as a topic of conversation several times. And I think that's a really important thing to do because in my experience, um, when I got out of undergrad and got first involved in CRM, I had no clue what what that was. And this will probably tie into the later question as well. But just to kind of encourage folks to expand their understanding of, you know, yes, it is archaeology, and it's also law. It's it, it involves ethnography. It involves oral history. It can involve historic architecture. It can involve just an incredible amount of things. I mean, you can do your career as a CRM archaeologist and all of a sudden get dealt a project where you have to do a documentation of a mid-modern century neighborhood. Yeah. You know, if you're working in a CRM firm. And so to have that, that understanding of if I could just change one thing of giving people the opportunity to expand their understanding of what CRM practice kind of, kind of does in a, in a larger realm. Um, that's, that's the one thing that I would change personally. Nice, nice. I like that answer. And it's not one that I think we've had yet, which is uh, always interesting on this show. 20, <laughs> 24 episodes in, we always get different answers. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So what's your career goal in CRM? My career goal in CRM, you know, first, you know, just trying to, you know, stay in the game, <laughs> trying to stay in <laughs> That one I that one I do hear a lot. To do. <laughs> yeah, and I've been I've been incredibly fortunate, you know, having sort of continued employment through the 8 years that I've had, you know, working for uh one CRM firm and then working for federal agencies and now a federal contractor. It's not, it's not an easy game to do. Um, another, another goal that I have just sort of related to that is become more involved in not only doing the compliance stuff, but also being involved in public outreach and education about what CRM means. So trying to involve public participants more in the kind of work that we do. And that can be anything from the archaeology to doing historic preservation and, you know, listening to what people have to say about their own past and their community and how it fits into what, what we do as professionals. 
you know, that's uh, that's factoring into a lot more conversations I'm having with people lately too. That sort of attitude um, towards cultures and things like that. It's it's refreshing to hear that actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, last question: If you could give an undergrad thinking about CRM or a career in CRM uh, one piece of advice, what would that be? Yeah, I definitely touched on this before. It's just <laughs> um, expand your understanding of what CRM is. I mean, the best class that I took as a grad student was in the School of Architecture down here at UNM, and it was just a week-long intensive seminar on historic preservation law. And so in one week, they covered NHPA, NEPA, NAGPRA, ARPA, uh, you know, all, all of, you know, and, and then even getting to like, you know, specific state laws for New Mexico, uh, certified local government ordinances, you know, for historic preservation for like Bernalillo County or Albuquerque or Santa Fe, you know, as just some examples. But that was the best class that I ever took. And it had nothing to do with the archaeology department. And so when I would tell, you know, other grad students, you know, hey, I took this class and it was just awesome. They were just blown away by it. They were like, where is this class? They had no idea that it even existed. And so that's something that I would encourage folks, you know, getting into this profession, especially at that undergrad level where you're, where you think you understand your profession, you know, coming, you know, coming out with a BA or a, or a BS, you know, in, in anthropology or archaeology is really expanded out as much as you can. Take history classes, take cultural anthropology classes, take linguistics, take uh, architecture classes, you know, anything like that that can help to, to m- make you more marketable in that sort of sense. Um, that's one of the greatest things that I've learned about in this profession is to make yourself as marketable as, as, as you can. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.